Hey friends, it's Coley. Thanks for pressing play and joining me for a new episode of Still With You. My sincere hope is that you would feel encouraged after spending any amount of time listening to the podcast. Without question, it is wonderful that you are here. Earlier in this Still With You season, on episode 88, I had the opportunity to speak with faith-based fitness coach, podcast host, speaker, and number one best-selling author, Jessica Hoddle. Since then, she and I have become great friends and she also published a new book. Face off with your feelings, break up with the lies of your past, and embrace the truth for your future. Jessica generously shared an early copy for me to read. And friends, this book is a life changer. What I love most about Jessica is that she has the ability of sharing how biblical truth and health science intersect. For example, Romans 12.2 talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. But what does that actually look like? How can my brain practice this on a Tuesday afternoon? Does what I feel matter to God? Should my emotions be set aside? Face off with your feelings is less like a text and more like a personal invitation to ask these tough questions. Jessica teaches, we no longer have to run and hide from our feelings. Our feelings can lead us into a deeper relationship with God. She believes and has the truth to back it up that God wants you well in all areas of your life. Face off with your feelings, ask the question, how free would you feel if your feelings did not get the final say in your life, but God's word did? I highly encourage you at this moment to open the notes app on your iPhone or have a pen and post-it notepad near. Hands a heart, you will want to remember every word you hear from Jess as she shares simple, tangible action steps for us to take as we work through the process of healing. I hope you are just as elated as I am to be hearing from Jessica again. Let's jump right in. Please welcome faith-based fitness coach, podcast host of What's the Truth, speaker, number one best-selling author, and and our returning friend to Still With You, Jessica Hoddle. You're my double feature this season. Jessica, thank you for coming back. I am so glad to be here. You're such a gem. We had an amazing conversation on episode 88. If our friends have not listened, I do not look at the love chapter in Corinthians the same because I know that I can now look at that through the lens of relationship with my body. I know that's a total different conversation, but if that's a teaser, you've literally changed my life with that. I did not lie when I put those words to audio. <laughs> That's so good. It, it is. I mean, for me, it changed my life mm-hmm. because I'm constantly saying in stories on Instagram, wherever to myself, am I being kind? My husband asked my husband, I'll be like, are you being kind to yourself? Like uh, <laughs> it's, it's just a question I ask now all the time. I also am so excited because now we have a new book from you face off with your feelings, break up with the lies from your past and embrace truth for your future. I read it fully through and I want to know like with this being your fourth book, how does it feel different from your first? It feels a hundred percent different. I think it's because I've grown not only as a person, spiritual maturity, emotionally, but also just as a writer, Yeah, how I tell the stories, how I explain things. It's so much different than my first book, but this book is unlike any other book I've written before because it's all about healing and it's all about Jesus and it's all about emotional health leading to physical health. Uh I really want women to know that God wants them well, because I think for a long time, I kept him at a distance. I didn't know that he wanted me well. The way that I can describe your writing is it feels like a warm hug at the same time does kind of feel like a 
a gut punch in the best way. Every time I talk to you or hear from you, you always remind me that it is not about me. And that's a hard sort to carry. I've been writing this book since 2019 and I've rewritten it almost five times. And I actually emailed you and said, since you've read it, I've changed stories in the intro. (laughs) I know. I'm going to be reading two books essentially. It's just amazing because every time I rewrote it, it was me encountering my story in a different light. I also really wanted to be respectful of people in my life, the stories that I've carried, because there's other people affected by it. And it's their side of the story, but this was my side. I really wanted to come in differently and have to say it was hard. What I've been saying is I take the clinical and the biblical to make it practical. And so you're going to get a little like baby neuroscience, so easy to understand, but you're also going to get, of course, a ton of biblical. And if you're anything like me, you want to know practically. Like when I talk about renewing your mind, taking your thoughts captive, I want to know what does that look like practically? Because we we hear mm-hmm. those things, but I don't think we really know, well, how do I do this? That was a huge driving force for me because I wanted this, not baby stuff, but like this intro guide to this is how we yeah. begin to heal. This is how we lay the foundation and move forward. There's certain messages that we hear that are like, don't listen to your feelings. Your feelings don't matter. And then there's some that are like, you really need to feel that. So like when you go to write a book that says face off with your feelings, break up with the lies from your past and embrace the truth for your future. How do you start? The reason why I think I started writing this book was because I started seeing two sides of the coin where exactly what you just said. One side of the church or people were saying, your feelings are bad. You shouldn't have them. Why do you have them? They can't be the guide. Of course, we know that that is partially true. And then the other side is like, feel all the feelings. It's okay. Have all the feelings. I am, again, that middle ground where it says we need to be able to feel what we're experiencing and feel what we feel without what we feel becoming who we are. And so we need to be able to actually build that bridge through our circumstances, through our pain, through our memories with the Lord walking with us so that we don't feel shame for what we feel. Yes. I did a poll recently on Instagram poll where it said, do you feel shame for having feelings? And it was an outstanding Standing, yes, because they feel like they should know better. You know, being in the kingdom, yeah. it's like, well, we should know better. We shouldn't get sad. We shouldn't get angry. I always like to say it's this invitation to go to the father and say, there are parts of me that need to be tending to. That was the tension and the mm-hmm. line that I had to go in of not being woo-woo, not being new age, and not just being the clinical, the psychology neuroscience without applying what does God's word say about this? You talk a lot about patterns and how there are many broken patterns that we continue to walk in, sometimes even without knowing that we're stepping towards unhealth. We live in such a high volume society of busyness and running so fast that amplifies the broken patterns. And through the book, like you're helping us go back and teaching us practical ways to go to the Lord and resolve what we need. As a society as a whole, one, like you said, I actually talk about busyness as a badge of honor in the beginning of the book. We wear it as though, what are you doing today? I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. You know, and we Mm -hmm. just kind of go through our day feeling every second with something. At the red light, you pick Mm -hmm. up your phone. At the grocery line, you pick up your phone. At home, 
home, you're listening to music. There's never any moment where you're not being with like sensories, right? Yeah. Where you're not, ju- you're just sitting in quiet space to be able to process the emotions that you're feeling. I can remember I went on a trip. I was with two other girls. This story, it gets me every time. It's this whole idea. Don't put somebody on a platform on social media, you know, especially when you meet them in real life. Yeah. And she had had this like idea of who I was. I didn't meet her expectation in person. Mm. And I realized that who I was was not who she thought I was. And that I actually was a pretty pessimistic person and negative as well. Did you feel like you disappointed her? Yes. Mm. And I didn't know I needed to change. I didn't know I was being like that until somebody comes in. Did she do it healthy and correct? No, it was not a healthy correction or a loving kindness correction. Yeah. But it got me thinking and I didn't realize also how physically sick I was as well, which they both impact each other. That was five, seven years ago. And I just got to a point where I cannot blame my past anymore for my future. Hmm. And I had to get to a point where I'm like, Hey, like, why am I blaming my parents or this relationship or this breakup for how I'm showing up in my business for how I work out for how I do this? They don't have anything to do with my present moment per se. Uh It's just the stories and the memories that I believe about those events that are carrying me into this moment. And so I can actually choose a different way. And one of the things that you say in the book is like holding both our feelings and God's truth is when we begin to bridge the gap from feeling to healing. You are catching what I'm throwing. I think of Paul's life, how he murdered and persecuted Christians, and then he goes on to save thousands. Can you imagine his past and the shame that he could have felt? easily for the things that he did. But he talks about like how he doesn't focus on the past and he doesn't look at that. As soon as we start living from the past, then you miss the future and you miss the present. Can you imagine if he lived through his shame, through the the things that he did to other Christians and believers Mm -hmm. in that time, he would not be who he was because he depended on Christ, on the Holy Spirit to guide him and to direct him and how to speak and to do those things. It's not saying that his past was just like a right or gone. And the same thing with ours. I think that's the beautiful thing that we get to do is go, this was my past, but it does not have to be my future. And so I get to move through that. I get to rework it. I get to rewrite it. I've rewritten stories uh, that I viewed, you know, my parents in one light. And then as I came through healing, I rewrote how I view them. And that's a beautiful thing. Like you get permission to do that. Like you don't have to carry the same hate or resentment or bitterness or belief about your past. When you're still in all the pain and the trauma, that is the lens that you see the world from. Yeah, And it's not until you kind of begin to move through it and to process it and to get off some of those layers that you start to see the different sides of the story. I don't know how my mom was raised or how my dad treated my parents before they had us or was married. There's a lot of things that we don't know about people's lives that doesn't excuse them, but that also allows me to have compassion. Yeah. Something I've never carried before. I just carried anger you know, hatred, bitterness, and resentment. Those were things that I carried because you hurt me. You're not going to tell me otherwise. Yeah. And then you meet the word and he talks about clearly about forgiveness, what it means to forgive. He talks about the character traits and those are some hard things for us to encounter. Mm -hmm. But I believe that he's so clear on forgiveness and character and not repaying evil for evil because he knows the weight that it brings. He knows the death that it brings. So he's not doing this to punish you. He's doing it because he doesn't want you to carry the weight anymore. And you sharing how the feelings that we feel often 
our road signs pointing to the bigger story that's written within us. Could you share that five-step process? This is something I do practically as well. The first thing you want to do is just acknowledge that something isn't right. Okay. I think so many times we're just not even aware. We're not even aware why we're flying off the handle <laughs> or why all of a sudden we feel really sad. And so just becoming aware, like you're acknowledging it. The second thing that you move into is then you identify. It's so easy, especially nowadays, we are just like, I'm fine. It's okay. Nothing's wrong. And we kind of keep doing that, even though we know that something's wrong. And so you get this opportunity just with yourself and God and go, Hey, okay. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling betrayed. I'm feeling lonely. Yeah. And so you go from acknowledgement to identify, and then you go into acceptance. This is a huge piece. I feel like we live also in a society where nobody can heal anymore. It's, you know, you have a breakup, you get a divorce. It's like, okay, who cares? New fish in the sea. There's never any grieving or process. We kind of take sometimes scripture and use it as a band-aid, which I talk about in the book. And it needs to be the ointment, not the band-aid. Mm-hmm. The word needs to be what heals the wound. Acceptance is really saying, like right now in this moment, I'm sad and I'm going to embrace crying. I'm going to embrace if I'm angry, I'm just going to walk away or I need to get out my energy. So I'm going to go for a run or whatever that is for you, but you're going to actually let your body experience what's happening. And then you can start to move through it with the truth. When you're thinking something consciously, Mm -hmm. it's more pliable. It's like Play-Doh. And so you can begin to shape it and mold it so much more easier when you're actually consciously thinking about it versus shrugging it off, brushing it under the rug. And so you can accept it without it becoming who you are. So if you feel sad, that doesn't make you a sad person. And then number four, this is where you go into, well, what is it telling you? If you're sad, where is this coming from? Is it because you felt left out of the popular crowds or you feel like nobody responds to your social media feed? What are those underlying things? You feel like a bad mom, you feel like a bad wife, and that's because somebody told you for so long that you just weren't that good. And there are so many things that can be layered into this, but we just want to go quickly of like, hey, where is this coming from? And then number five is having that conversation with God and just saying, God, like, what is the truth to what you feel? Mm -hmm. Because you can hold the truth to your situation that you're experiencing, but hold the big T truth as a final say. They can be held together at the same time versus oh, I have to choose. I have to deny the experience Yes. as I raise up God, or I have to lower God and raise my experience. But it's no, like I get to experience with God. You say every thought we encounter will have a God truth to apply. I have been thinking about that in those micro moments where I feel something I go to acknowledge identify, accept. And then I'm like, okay, God, bring it to you. And something that I've heard you say many times, we cannot do that if we do not know the word of God. Like we have to know it. And that's a whole nother conversation. It's one and the same. In align with that, could you talk a little bit about that our soul and like our mind that they have to align with God's spirit? It's almost like we're training. If we allow God to train it, it, it becomes almost like a muscle movement that we can do involuntary, but we have to be intentional. You're a coach. Coach us <laughs> up on that because I don't know if it gets yeah. easier, but it definitely feels like it's healthy. It is healthy every time like I align 
what I feel with the word of God, because I know his truth is better. I have just started thinking about this in a sense of kind of a boxer in a ring and a boxer, I feel like can train with his coach or air punching for so long and he can become really good at air punching, but until he gets in the ring and actually applies those techniques and learning his opponents, okay, this is how I need to read this person, or this is how I need to punch according to this. Until we put our thoughts in the ring with the word of God, we're not going to learn how to be able to fight the lies with the word of God. And so we have to be able to slow down to be aware of what we're thinking so that they can get in the ring with the word of God. And then you get stronger and you get more skilled. He's thinking of it as a boxer. The more he fights off with somebody, the more he learns those skills on a deeper level because he's putting what he knows into practice, which is really for us action. We can read the Bible all day long, but are we putting into action the words that we're reading? When it talks about forgiveness, when it talks about cling to what is good, are we doing those things in our life? Because if not, the Bible is just merely a checklist or a to-do to check off our day. We need to get in the ring with our thoughts so that we can take them captive with the word of God. And the more that you do that, of course, you get stronger again, get more skilled, and you do build that muscle memory. It's not mm-hmm. always easy. Over time, you become aware yeah. quickly. And even if you react, you can be humble enough to go, hey, I'm really sorry. I texted you that. I said that. I didn't mean it. And go back and say you're sorry. Yeah. Because godly sorrow produces repentance, but worldly sorrow leads to death. Mm -hmm. It's an invitation of repentance, even when we mess up. I can't tell you how many times I'll tell my husband, I am really grumpy today. And he'll be like, I can tell. And I'll I'll be like, "I, (laughs) I don't mean to yell at you. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. You know, it's just... I'm being honest. I know I'm grumpy. We were talking about healthy conversation. It's just a matter of like, hey, this is what's going on with me right now. I'm feeling edgy. I'm feeling frustrated or I'm tired. And this is why I'm responding the way that I am. The more honest that we can get, I think the more we can lead into that. That's kind of a side topic, but it's just this reality that I can go to my husband or to my friend and say, hey, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry if it came off this way, but I'm putting that narrative in the ring with the word of God because you know, the word of God's going to win. Yeah. What, what am I throwing at my, you know, the punches, so to speak, the word of God at my thoughts? And what is it applying? What am I applying to that? The ring can look really lonely. I have been by myself or going to sleep at night and I will feel shame about something that I did years ago or feel embarrassed about something that I could have handled better or lies that I tell myself that, you know, I'm a failure, that I'm not enough. Yeah. Things that God would never speak over me, nor would my close friends. That can look so lonely. No, I agree with you. I mean, I was actually just talking with God the other day about how many moments I've cried by myself Mm -hmm. that nobody knows but him. Yeah. You know, and you have these moments where, especially my life before Jesus, because I found him at 22 and... Mm -hmm. Even after things that I've done before I met my husband, that I feel that shame will come for me. Mm-hmm. God is a father to me. I know he's different to everybody, but he's definitely like that father, that kind, yeah. you know, father for me. And I actually like to go visually with him to the age that I was when that happened and tend to mm-hmm. that 
girl at that age and tell her the truth. Yeah. So I think about myself when I was 25, 18 or, or whatever. I just had this conversation with God to her because those are those places that we need to go and to tell her that she's okay, that she's safe. God loves her because of what Jesus did on the cross for her and that he doesn't want her to carry that. And to a lot of people that might sound kind of like new agey or whatever, but it's really this idea that he has literally covered every single area of your life by Jesus' blood. Yeah. And it's this ability for us to go back to those times with him and say, you took care of this. But we need to remind ourselves at that age and go, okay, you're okay. I think some people would call it like healing your inner child. If you're thinking of it like psychology wise, that's why I try to take clinical and biblical and put it together. If science hasn't caught up to the Bible, then science is behind. (laughs) I just think it's so important for us to honor those stories and think about why we carry the shame still. Because I'll go back to that and I'm like, man, why did I do that? Like, what does it look like for me to be kind to myself in those moments or to be patient with myself in those moments? I mean, even today, you asked me how I was doing and I was like, oh, I'm just kind of tired and feeling fatigued. How can I be patient with myself today? How can I be kind to myself today? That's the thing is just God's always there. He's not just like punishing us. God is not looking at you through your sin. This book does a really good job of honoring former versions of ourselves where we were just doing the best we could with what we had. Yes, I can see that tangibly after reading Face Off Your Feelings because it begins with a story of you where you're almost arrested and with a, I mean, I hope you're okay with me calling him a garbage guy. From what I read, he did not know your worth. And you share a story where you're in the car and you're looking out the window and God just spoke to you so sweetly. I love that you shared the hard parts, the beautiful parts, everything in between because it's going to take that right for to look at all aspects and to not be afraid to go back to address the things we feel so we can break the patterns we talk about the breaking I just love this book I think it's such a gift and I'm so proud of you and I'm really proud of your perseverance too four books it has got to be hard for you sometimes to keep going but like you're facing off your feelings I'm sure right like it's you've had to walk it out yeah it's so funny you say that I just did stories yesterday and I was like <laughs> it is hard my amazing designer it's her first book late out. And so yesterday we were going back and forth of just margins and spacing. And I'm a self-publisher. Yeah, It's a lot of details. The enemy keeps bringing up things like from my first book, you know, grammar edits, and there were spacing issues with the words that like happened on the pages I didn't know about. And so then I had like these bad reviews come in that were like, grammar sucks. And so in the back of my head, this is a perfect example, like in the back of my head, as I'm editing this new book, I keep seeing the other book and the other reviews saying, oh my gosh, you're going to miss these edits and you're going to get these bad reviews. And so that's me real life today, wrestling through the hard and the good, the hard of just the enemy wants to come for me. You know, he wants to come for my marriage and Mm -hmm. then facing the good. And it's just like, okay, the good is like, the book is, you know, it's coming, it's out. That's just the reality of of holding both that tension. Well, I'm proud of you that you are sticking to it, not because it's what 
you wanted to do. It's because what God asked you to do. I can't wait for our friends to get it. The book is out now, Amazon, jessicahoddle.com. When you see this book in the hands of friends and on social media, all various parts of the country and the world, like I know you're in Pennsylvania, I'm in Pensacola. So when you see this, you know, in the hands of those reading, like what do you pray? Hot off the press, what's your prayer for the girl, the guy reading the book? The two things that come to my mind is that God wants you well. He's not just into pain management. I believe he's a pain taker. Yes. The second thing is that your feelings matter because you matter to God. Yeah. For me personally, ending with this was, I believe that God was good. We're t- we have taught God is good. God is good. I though had to believe that God was good to me. I can talk with women all day long. I love Jesus and he's great. But I'm like, but do you believe he loves you? Like, do you believe that he is good to you? Mm-hmm. And that changes the story because then they're faced with, I don't know. I know he's good, but... You know, and then we put the butt. Is there anything you want to add that we didn't talk about? One of the things that I get excited about with the book is because, you know, I am not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist or a counselor, and I'm definitely not a Bible seminary degree person. But I think that's why I build the bridge in the middle is because I really have a lot of life experience, what the Lord has taught me, what I've had to work through. My spiritual father was basically my counselor. You know, all of these things that I had to really grow and go through. And the book is kind of laid out with foundation, understanding, and then application. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about feelings and understanding feelings and emotion and the differences of that. We talk about how our brain changes practically. Again, this is no, you know, Caroline Lee book. That was super important to me to be able to reach women that could understand what's happening in their brain. I talk about briefly in the book about kind of the two sides of the brain. And I share one of my clients during that time. And we are so focused, especially in the church, which is true and right and good. Renew your mind, take your thoughts captive, read the word, but we're not actually taught, which is the other side of our brain, which is that connection part, the emotional part, the feeler part, you might say is how to have a relationship with the Lord. How do we have a healthy relationship with people here on earth even? And so we're just taught to renew our mind, do these things, but we're not taught, like I said, the other side of building connection and relationship with the father, with the word, being able to bring those two together. Because it's really hard when you come from a lot of pain to have a relationship with God because there's been no relationship in your life that has been maybe healthy or consistent or strong. And another thing that you've taught me that's in the same vein, and I hear you say this on your other conversation with me, healing privately before I share publicly. Oh yeah. Learning how to do this podcasting and sharing. I feel like that was such a gift that you gave me to know that before I move forward any farther. Yeah. I just want to say thank you for that. And it ties into the book. It always feels like God is truly writing a great story within your life of what you're sharing and continually you having to like face off with your feelings and say yes, even when you don't feel like it. Yeah. Thanks for your yes today, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It has been so fun. I love talking with you. The final question I asked, where is God still with you? But I want to know where has God been with you, been still with you in writing the book? Where has he just showed up for you here? I have a friend and we Vox a lot. We're like writing partners basically. And we Vox a couple times a week, long Voxes. And I think that has been where God has met me one of the most, yeah. one of the most, it doesn't make sense. The, the most times, you know, of course, my quiet time in the writing mm-hmm. 
but it was also through her words and me talking it out where he just really showed up to say like, Hey, no matter what happens, it's going to be okay. I would rewrite something, even though I was like literally sludging through mud, it felt like I'd get done writing it. And I'd be like, Ooh, I really like that. And so it was kind Mm -hmm. of those kindness moments of the moments that felt really hard. And I was like, what story am I going to put here? What analogy am I going to use that felt, Oh, the tension. But after it came through, it was like, he's like, see, so much better. And I was like, I know it's better. Okay. You know? Uh, and so it just, that would probably be my answer. I can't wait to hold the actual copy in my hand, but <laughs> what an honor to like be able to read it in an early release. Like that was just so fun. Thank you so much for offering me the opportunity. I, I literally, again, every time I feel like we have a conversation, you encourage me in the best way, remind me of all the true things. I just, I'm really grateful for our friendship and will you please come back? Like I will welcome a Jessica Hoddle double any day of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course. You know, I'll be back. Thank you so much. You're the best. Hey friends, if you love what you heard in listening to Jessica Hoddle, I cannot recommend enough in returning to episode 88 in my conversation with Jessica as we talk about dismantling the lies that keep us from healing. I plugged it several times within our conversation and I do hope you go back and it up to your podcast listening feed. If you would like to connect with Jessica, which I certainly hope you do, you can find her on Instagram. Her handle is Jessica Hoddle, or you can visit her website, jessicahoddle.com. There you can pre-order face off with your feelings. And I am so excited for it to be in the hands of my friends. Also, the cover of the book is extremely cool. It's so sleek and chic, and I love it. Jessica would love to hear from you after reading, so be sure to take a cute picture of you holding a copy of Face Off With Your Feelings, send it to her and send me a photo as well. I would love to see you supporting this friend. You are always open to reaching me no matter what. You can send me a message on Instagram. My handle is Coley Browning. You can visit my website, coleybrowning.com. There are so many things on my website, some travel posts, things with music, information regarding Still With You is stored on my website. That is where the official show notes for every episode is contained and I am so excited for the final episodes of this season. I know that this year has gone by really fast but we've had some amazing guests on Still With You so if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to a few episodes you meant to catch when they released, you can do this by visiting my website coleybrowning.com and again, I would love to hear from you. I also want to thank our friend Gabrielle Grace. You're listening to her song We'll Be Alright from her latest EP. I love Love this track and I hope it has brought you so much joy as we've been spinning it all season long. You can connect with Gabrielle through her website, gabriellegracemusic.net, or you can visit her on social media. Her handle is Gabrielle Grace Music. And again, this song is called We'll Be Alright. Thanks so much for taking a moment out of your week to spend it with Jess and I. I will meet you here next week. Same place. Be bold, be brave, be you, and remember that he is still with you.